Assume nothing. Question everything and start thinking. This is the Thinking Atheist Podcast, hosted by Seth Andrews. You ever have one of those aha moments? You know, the Eureka moments. I've been having a few of these on Wondrium. I've been watching this series on the cryptocurrency craze. It's taught by Duke University professor Connell Fullenkamp. We've been watching crypto, the crash of crypto. And most of it just confuses me. But Dr. Fullenkamp got into how it works, why crypto is attractive, right? You subvert the system, the big banks, it's anonymous, but also why it's like a big Ponzi scheme. And I thought this was interesting. He was talking about how he wouldn't throw the baby out with the bathwater. He thought there was a lot of technology, some foundational stuff about crypto that might actually be good even if and when Bitcoin, etc., goes away. Anyway, Wondrium has thousands of offerings like this one. You can watch or listen completely ad-free on any device, learning from actual experts. So find your next aha moments and sign up for Wondrium. Right now, Wondrium's offering my listeners 50% off your first three months. That is half off when you sign up for your first quarterly plan, a fantastic deal. Sign up today with my special URL to get this offer. Go to Wondrium.com slash Seth. Again, that's W-O-N-D-R-I-U-M dot com slash Seth. Wondrium.com slash Seth. Are people inherently good? I know people are divided on this question. Hell, I'm divided on this question. Yes, most people are good people. No, I've totally lost faith in humanity. I felt both ways on this one, depending on the day, depending on the circumstance. You know, it's I oscillate optimism, pessimism, hope, despair, invigoration, exhaustion. Sometimes I just want to lock the door. You know, all right, the world stays out there because I just can't cope. And I know you feel it. We've talked a lot about it. I just released my speech last week about how we might regain our humanity in an inhumane world. But will you indulge me today? This is kind of an unusual show. I'm not going to take any calls. I don't have any special guests. This is just me saying out loud what I've been thinking. Maybe what you've been thinking about all of it. The whole Wild, weird, occasionally exasperating, crazy mess. And I'm going to go to some dark places here at first. I'm going to go to some dark places, and then I want to crawl back toward the light. And I know that my thoughts here 
And this show may not be for everybody, but if you feel the darkness and you yearn for just a little bit of light, I'm going to do my best for you here, okay? I'm going to try to be thoughtful and fair and ultimately, yes, hopeful. But it ain't easy, is it? What am I weary of? Well, I'm weary of the governors. <laughs> my own governor. Kevin Stitt, he just won his midterm, and then he immediately said a prayer of dedication of every square inch of Oklahoma to his specific God. Now, just under half of this state has been designated Native American land. How must Oklahoma Native Americans feel about being told that they are now living in Jesus land? Same thing with Muslims, Jews, and Hindus, and Sikhs, and atheists. Or regardless of faith or no faith, people who believe in constitutional state church separation. How must they feel about this? Kevin Stitt is using his bully pulpit to essentially call everybody who isn't part of his pet religion a second-class citizen. Same with Texas Governor Greg Abbott. That guy's a nightmare. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. This man is almost certain to be the darling of Christian nationalists propped up for the presidency. Holy shit. Ron DeSantis. This man had the support of 60% of Florida residents, despite the fact that he's Ron DeSantis, the banner of books, the election denier, unless, of course, his party wins, the enemy of LGBT people, the enemy of reproductive choice, the man who cruelly ambushed and deceived undocumented immigrants and then deported them to Martha's Vineyard, not telling them what was going on, not telling Martha's Vineyard what was going on. He just did it and then twirled his virtual mustache and <laughs> he showed them illegals. What? A terrible human being. He might be president with the support of half of the United States. What? We have talked to death about Marjorie Taylor Greene. This woman is definitely like 15 French fries short of a happy meal. You know what I'm saying? Her elevator does not go all the way to the top. She is as dull as a sack of wet mice. This woman did not skate into her congressional seat for the midterm election. This time she actually got elected. I mean, last time she ran unopposed. So we thought, well, it's an anomaly. You know, she just, nobody was there to oppose her. No, no. In 2022, people actually picked her. With 66% of the vote. This is the same woman who warned America about Nancy Pelosi running the gazpacho police against Republicans. Gazpacho police? <laughs> she said that the Jews were flying space satellites over the state of California and secretly setting wildfires so that the libs could force through their climate legislation. It was all a big conspiracy. She railed against the Equality Act, 
the Equality Act that protects LGBT people. She said, no, she's against it because, of course, the Bible. And she thinks that protecting non-heterosexuals means, in her words, the extinction of straight people. If you protect gay people, it must mean you want to wipe out straight people. This is how she thinks. Democrats, in her mind, are pedophiles. She believed and promoted the QAnon Pizzagate myth. She once questioned that a plane even crashed into the Pentagon on 9-11. She wondered if the 2017 Las Vegas mass shooting, the massacre of 58 people, if it was just a liberal conspiracy for gun control. And on and on, Georgia District 14 chose this woman. They picked her. They said, I would like that. More, please. That's depressing. How does Colorado zealot and Christian nationalist and conspiracy whack job Lauren Boebert get elected? This woman, who has the IQ of a crouton in her neck-and-neck race, 50% of the vote for Colorado's District 3. 50% of the vote? This is the same person who says that one of the reasons that we need guns is that, well, Venezuelans didn't have guns, and now that's why they eat dogs. No, I'm not making this up. She actually said, uh, let me play you the audio. And a clip from her interview on Newsmax. Check it out. You know, here in America, we have gourmet treats for puppies. We have uh, these amazing groomers for dogs. Well, in Venezuela, they eat the dogs. And it started because yeah. they don't have firearms. <laughs> If they'd had guns, they wouldn't eat dogs. I mean, this is the same woman who thinks that the Christian church ought to direct the government. She gave a Bible-based sermon, a sermon in September as candidate, warning that those godless liberals would be responsible for what she called wanton violence. She didn't know what wanton violence was. She said wonton. Yes, it's Chinese dumpling violence. Then she admitted to the audience that she had no idea what wonton violence meant. I don't know what that is, but it just sounds terrible. It's wonton violence. It just sounds bad. 50% of the vote in Colorado's District 3. You fear for this species. Former NFL football player Herschel Walker running for Congress, Georgia. So popular that he's in a runoff against his opponent, Raphael Warnock. A runoff, that's how close it is. He recently gave a campaign speech talking about how he's God's warrior, and as such, he would rather be a werewolf than a vampire. This is part of his campaign speech. You don't believe me? Okay, fine. Here's the audio. The other night I was watching this movie. I was watching this movie called Fright Night, Sweet Night, or some type of night. But it was about vampires. I don't know if you know vampires are cool people. Or not. But I'm telling you something that I found out. A werewolf can kill a vampire. Do you know that? I never knew that. So I don't want to be a vampire anymore. I want to be a werewolf. <laughs> He's the darling. 
of tens of millions of people nationally watching the race play out. What? What? Herschel Walker enters the room. You are still alone. You know what I'm saying? The Club Q shooting in Colorado. Standing atop the bodies of five dead and 15 wounded, yet another pathetic, hateful, conspiratorial bigot so filled with rage that he'd rather massacre LGBT people than share this world with them. And of course, Marjorie Taylor Greene built her soapbox upon the massacre. She didn't blame bigotry and hate. Nah, nah. Now, the problem in her mind is borders and drugs and the fact that Americans don't have enough guns. There are 390 million firearms in this country, by the way. (laughs) We have more guns than people. Marjorie Taylor Greene says, "Ah, if we had more guns, this could have been prevented. They've been watching Twitter. It's a goddamn clown show. I've decided to stay on Twitter for now, but I'll tell you, I've had to block the guy who runs it. Elon Musk, a man I actually once admired before I started to unlayer that onion. And you know, when I was a staunch evangelical conservative, God is a capitalist guy, I would have looked at somebody like Elon Musk and said, wow, You know, this is how it's done. This is the American dream. And today, honestly, I have come to believe that being a billionaire is immoral. In this hurting world, being a billionaire is immoral. How many thousands of millions of dollars does one person need anyway. And aren't we sick and tired of seeing the rich and the powerful play with their squillion dollar toys and other buildings, mansions and yachts and just power, while other people are scratching to feed their families and pay their bills and live without fear and raise their kids to do the same? Donald Trump, oh joy of joys, Donald Trump has decided to run again. And this time, I don't think the guy's got a snowball's chance. If you saw his announcement speech, he looked like a deflated balloon. People trying to leave. They were so bored. And was it the Secret Service or security at the venue? Locked the doors or shut the doors. They would not allow people out. I think this is a great metaphor. Even Fox News has turned on Donald Trump. But there he is again, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, the Christian nationalist bigot, and he's just waiting for Trump to self-destruct so he can maneuver into the White House president. Ron DeSantis, I can't even imagine, especially with our Supreme Court the way it is. Gone is any notion of fairness and justice from the highest court in the land. Now we got allegations that Justice Samuel Alito secretly leaked his majority opinion supporting Hobby Lobby as he was whining and dining with major donors connected to Republican evangelicals. 
remember the case. It was Hobby Lobby that felt it was immoral to include contraception in their employee health care packages. It went to the Supreme Court, which ruled in favor of Hobby Lobby. You got Justice Amy Coney Barrett, this woman, once served as a self-described handmaid. That's what she was called. It was a part of this culty Christian group called People of Praise. She is now serving in the highest court in the United States. The wife of Justice Clarence Thomas. This woman is wired in with evangelical conservatives. She wants a Christian nation. She's an election denier. She is an insurrection denier. The wife of Clarence Thomas. Reports just surfaced a few months ago about right-wing evangelical activists that were praying praying with Supreme Court justices about the abortion ruling. Holy cow. By the way, guess which God they were praying to. Our fellow human beings right now are being slaughtered in Iran. For what? Because women want equality? They want to have their own identity. They want to show their faces and be seen to live in this world as equals. They and their advocates, men, women, and children, being arrested and kidnapped and beaten and raped and murdered. Iran is locking down the Internet. They're trying to keep the rest of the world from knowing what's going on. Nobody knows how the revolution's going to play out. Will this be an overthrow of an Islamic national terrorist regime or... Will that regime crush the resistance? We got Russia and Ukraine. There's another bloody question mark. I mean, the whole world feels like a bloody question mark. And those are just a few examples of the things that have made it so difficult for me to be optimistic about anything. You see all this go down. You see the agents of awfulness doing what they do. And you have to ask, are people actually inherently good? But here is the irony, I think. I think we worry because we are inherently good. And I think that good is so common. I think it happens so often that it isn't even news. It was interesting. The University of Michigan did an article three years ago. It was about a fascinating study about human morality. There was an international team of behavioral scientists, and they took 17,000 wallets, and they filled them with a bunch of authentic-looking stuff. Some had no money, some had a few dollars, and some had more money. And then they went and, quote-unquote, lost those wallets throughout 355 cities in 40 countries. They just scattered them on sidewalks or inside a bank or movie theater, in hotels, museums, post offices, whatever. And then they had these research assistants monitoring, watching from a secret location to see what people would do when they found the lost wallets. And lo and behold... In 38 of those 40 countries, people overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly reported the lost wallets with the money still inside. In fact, the more money there was inside the wallet, the more it was likely to be turned in 
by people who wanted to do the right thing. I mean, yeah, sure, some people took the money and ran, or they took the wallet and ran, but they were the minority. Most people chose honesty over self-interest. That's something that University of Michigan behavioral scientist Alan Cohn says benefits our development as a species and as a society for most of us. For most human beings, ethics, good behavior, wanting to do the right thing, it's built in. We do it for ourselves and we want to be seen in positive ways in the eyes of of others. It's much better to be perceived as the good Samaritan than a thief, and it feels better to be a good Samaritan. Human goodness. And I am convinced that you and I are constantly surrounded by moments of kind, compassionate, empathetic, ethical humanity that are so commonplace and yet so unsexy to the media that nobody talks about them. When I was in radio, we had a special way of formulating our newscasts. We did news at the top of every single hour. And you can see this on television news and radio news. Just keep an eye out or an ear out and you'll see what I'm talking about. The primary section, right? The lead stories, that's going to be the crime and the scandal, the outrageous stuff. That old line about the press, if it bleeds, it leads. All right, that's how news is formatted. But you want to leave a good taste in everybody's mouth before the show is over, right? You don't want to just make them miserable. They might not come back. And so every newscast ended with something that broadcasters call a kicker. Now, the kicker is a happy little story that is tacked on to the bloodbath. <laughs> well, I mean, actually, to be fair, you've got uh, the hard news, and then you've got weather, then sports, and then you come back with the kicker, right? This is like the tasty peppermint served after the shit sandwich. Lost dog has been found. Woman has cancer treatment paid with fundraiser car washes. Oh, look, it's the annual Kite Flying Festival. And here is some video from the amazing and colorful kites. Children put on Easter pageant for the homeless. And oh, look, somebody found a wallet and turned it in. That's a kicker, okay? But what if the kicker story really didn't belong at the end? What if it wasn't the afterthought? What if human goodness and positive things deserved a more prominent place, seen and heard and felt along with everything else? And now begins the exercise. Now begins the training of my brain. And this is not easy. It ain't easy. But here we go. The good stuff. Reasons to feel like the world can really be a beautiful place, and so often is. We're surrounded by positives. We're surrounded by good stuff. We're surrounded by success. It happens so often. It's so commonplace that it's nearly invisible. Probably a great metaphor for all this is like air travel. A hundred thousand planes will take off and land without incident, totally safely today. And what is that times 365 days a year? 36.5 million flights every year. 
But what gets the headline? When do you hear about it? When there's a plane crash. I think last year, the total worldwide plane crash fatalities was it's like under 200. And what's the percentage on that? I mean, the story is essentially the equivalent of the entire population of Morocco. 36 plus million people got safely where they were going and everything worked just fine. What about ground travel? We just came off the Thanksgiving weekend here in the United States. How many people successfully drove to and from their destination or drove to and from some other destination? Back and forth to work, to a friend's house, the grocery store, whatever. People successfully, safely doing what they need to do in a car and yet what gets the headline? Oh, look, family of four crashes into a median. Car bursts into flames. Click this link to get all the alarming details. Every single day, somebody sits down at a nice restaurant or at their home dinner table and they eat a great meal that's delicious and life-giving, such an enjoyable meal. But what do we hear about? Random restaurant serves undercooked burger, and man gets E. coli. That happens against a planet of 8 billion people eating how many meals a day without a problem? I think those are large-scale examples of how good news happens all the time, and we just don't freaking see it. Every day, every hour. Somebody somewhere gives their seat to a stranger in a public place. Somebody holds a door for somebody else and says good morning or good night. Somebody pulls their car over on the highway to help somebody else who has a flat tire or dead battery or whatever. Somebody brings donuts or cookies to the office for everybody to enjoy just to make their day a little better. Every day, somebody leaves an extra tip for the waiter or waves at somebody and gives them the first turn at the intersection or buys somebody else flowers, cooks a delicious meal for people they love and enjoys time sharing stories and making memories. Every day, someone leaves a positive review for a restaurant that they liked. Every day, somebody makes a new friend or reconnects with an old one. Someone rescues a dog or a cat or some other animal from a shelter, picks up trash that somebody else threw out onto the street, puts coins in somebody else's parking meter, gives money or clothing or something else to charity, and teaches their children to be charitable, reminds their grandparents and friends and even total strangers to be charitable, setting that example every moment. Of every day, someone somewhere is charitable and good and human. Every moment of every day, someone somewhere says, I love you and means it. And those bigots and privileged power players who are maneuvering every day to lock the rest of us out of school boards and government offices and equal standing in this country, the reason 
that they're spinning such insanity about doom and gloom and destruction and predators and Satanism and evil and the end of civilization as we know it. The reason that they're scrambling is they see the writing on the wall. They are looking right at it. Minority status with the rise of, first, progressive Christians, people who call themselves Christians, but, you know, they don't want a national church. They believe in the Establishment Clause of the Constitution. And then we see the religiously unaffiliated exploding as a demographic. We're talking about, right now, one-third of American citizens, actually more, slightly more than one-third More than 30% of this country, no religious affiliation, plus the other non-Christian faiths demanding their equal seat at the table. It's no wonder they're freaking out. They're having to scramble and strategize and lie and maneuver and manipulate. Why? Because they are looking at their own eventual obsolescence. They are tremendously dangerous right now. They're like the wounded animal. They're scratching and clawing, but they're wounded. We have to see the reason for all of this. As constitutional attorney Andrew Seidel has said so well, they are raging against the dying of their privilege. So while you and I do have to be vigilant and fierce against their assault on democracy and equality and basic decency, let's see their freak out for what it really is. It is a panic. They are terrified as they see the rest of us eventually demographically overwhelming them. And yes, it's going to be a long fight. And we may not see them expelled from their throne rooms, even in my lifetime. I mean, I don't know. But in the long run, my money is on us, on good people who will not sit still and let them consolidate the halls of power and treat the United States like it's their own Christian church and relegate the rest of us to second-class citizens and occasionally not even human beings. If we can survive the insanity of the next few years, I think it's inevitable that good will prevail because I genuinely still believe that most people are good. For every arsonist who burns down a house, there are countless others who build houses, who rebuild houses. For every abuser that harms a victim, there are so many advocates that want to rescue and protect and empower victims. For every bigot that fires bullets in the name of hate, there are thousands and thousands and thousands who grieve the injustice and mourn the dead, and condemn the hate, and stand up in public demonstrations of love and acceptance and justice and goodness, humanity. You know, the agents of destruction can do so much destruction. But against the destruction, we can see and hear human goodness, the outpouring from people who are good, who say, I reject your hate. We are all brothers and sisters who need to share this planet. And no matter how hateful you are, we believe that love will win. Now, I'm not trying to make this a lifetime movie. All right. I'm not trying to sugarcoat the dark realities of this world. 
that even if the newscasts and the radio broadcasts and the online news feeds showcase the terrible people, the worst examples, the people who are not good, we are still the biggest piece of that pie. We are still the biggest part of that story. They make shrill noises. You and I work for harmony. They want a tiny planet that validates them. We want a great big world that has room for all of us, the diverse human condition. And I am absolutely convinced that, yes, there are many more of us than there are of them. Now, do many of us need to take that innate goodness and be more active and even activist with it? Against the awfulness? Absolutely. I agree with that. Some people have become complacent despite their goodness, but it's still there, it's still valid, it's still relevant, it's still prominent. Am I kidding myself? Have I painted my own silver lining? Am I deluded? Maybe. Possibly. But I don't think so. Once I become aware of the constant acts of kindness and goodness all around me, both big and small and everything in between. Once I've got my radar up and I'm watching for kindness and looking for goodness and seeing the empathy and the humanity, then things start to balance out in my head and then it's a whole lot easier to get up in the morning and face the day. So that's the message today. Just... Take a second and look around. Hold the door open or watch somebody else do it. Smile at somebody and watch them smile in return. Give somebody else your space in line. Be thankful when you get to and from your destination safely. Make some food that's delicious. Enjoy it yourself and share it with somebody else. Open your arms and hug somebody. Pick up the phone and call somebody. Sit down and write a note for somebody. Say the words, I love you, to somebody. Like so many other people are doing right now, all across the human condition. That is the light at the end of this journey, and I hope you are encouraged by it. We may not be talked about in the headlines, but we're going to commit to each other and to goodness, and we're going to win the day. Thank you so much for listening. Follow The Thinking Atheist on Facebook and Twitter. For a complete archive of podcasts and videos, products like mugs and t-shirts featuring The Thinking Atheist logo, links to atheist pages and resources, and details on upcoming free thought events and conventions, log on to our website. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. TheThinkingAtheist.com. 